Welcome to Curious Psalms, a podcast where we practice reading and praying this wonderful prayer book of God's people. I'm your host, Matt, and today we have a very special episode brought to you by the mind of Dr. Libby Backfish. Say hi, Libby. Hi. (laughs) Throughout this episode, you are going to hear the voices of Libby's students reflecting on our three questions as we hear them explore and reflect on Psalm 55. You'll also hear Libby and I occasionally chime in, not with our own thoughts, but about things we appreciate in the students' reflections or things to listen for. But first, the psalm itself. Here's the William Jessup University Psalms and Wisdom Literature class reading Psalm 55. Listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my plea. Hear me and answer me. My thoughts trouble me and I am distraught because of what my enemy is saying. Because of the threats of the wicked, for they bring down suffering on me and assail me in their anger. My My heart heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen on me. Fear and trembling have beset me. Horror has overwhelmed me. I said, oh, that I had the wings of a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. I would flee far away and stay in the desert. I would hurry to my place of shelter. Far Far from from the tempest tempest and and storm. Lord, confuse the wicked, confound their words, for I see violence and strife in the city. Day and night they prowl about on its walls. Malice and abuse are within it. Destructive forces are at work in the city. Threats and lies never leave its streets. If an enemy were insulting me, I could endure it. If a foe were rising against me, I could hide. But it is you, a man like myself, my My companion, companion, my my close close friend, friend, with whom I once enjoyed sweet fellowship at the house of God as we walked among the worshipers. Let death take my enemies by surprise. Let them go down alive to the realm of the dead. For evil finds lodging among them. As for me, I call to God, and the Lord saves me. Evening, morning, and noon, I cry out in distress, and he hears my voice. He rescues me unharmed from the battle waged against me. Even though many oppose me, God, who is enthroned from of old, who who does does not change. change, he will hear them and humble them, because they have no fear of God. My companion attacks his friends. He violates his covenant. His talk is smooth as butter, yet war is in his heart. His words are more soothing than oil, yet they are drawn swords. Cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. But you, God, will bring down the wicked into the pit of decay. The bloodthirsty and deceitful will not live out half their days. But as for me, I I trust trust in you. you. Before we get back to the students, I'm curious, what even gave you this idea in the first place? Well, I always like my students to be able to learn things in creative ways that will be deeply impactful. And I always learn a lot about the Psalms when I listen to your Curious Psalms podcast, and especially when I participate in it. So I thought this would be a way for them to practice a lot of the things that we're discussing in class in what I hoped would be a memorable and engaging way, and also a way for them to share with their friends and family. I love that vision, Libby, both of like a really practical kind of artifact coming out of a class. I think that's pretty fun. Not being a student, I can't speak for the students, but I think that would be pretty fun. The other thing I just love is from our church perspective, how this is a beautiful kind of interweaving of your calling and vocation. So you're both an ordained pastor at our church and do things 
with Grant Springs, but a huge part really of what we ordained you to was teaching students. And so this, let me just say how, what a delight it is for me to get to come and see a little bit, a little glimpse of that window of your life uh, and the ways that we as a church are calling you to serve. It's, it's really rich. Yeah, thank you. This seems like a perfect bridge between my callings in the university and in the church and hopefully um, carrying these students over to the, to the church side as well to, to see what does it look like to explore the Psalms in the context of a church. Well, we're about to turn it over because we don't need to hear any more of ourselves. We're about to hear the student's answer to our first question, which is always what stood out in reading this psalm. Anything particularly to listen for as people hear uh, these first four students? Well, I'm just curious because a lot of the psalms have universal experiences and feelings that have um, just been meaningful to people throughout history in different contexts. So I'm wondering which ones of these experiences and feelings really resonate most with my students and how that can shape them spiritually and in their prayer lives. Well, on that note, the question is, what stood out in reading this psalm? My name is Harry, and I am a senior public policy major at William Jessup. And in Psalm 55, the section that stood out to me the most was verses 12 through 14, stating that if an enemy were insulting me, I could endure it. If a foe were rising against me, I could hide it. But it is you, a man like myself, my companion, my close friend, with whom I once enjoyed sweet fellowship at the house of God as we walked about among the worshipers. And to me, I just, I kind of caught a hint of, of betrayal in in these verses and that's something that we can all experience in our everyday lives Um, it's really applicable to our lives so what i researched was david's response to this betrayal and i was able to look in gerald wilson's application commentary and it pointed me to verse 16 of psalm 55 which states as for me i call to god so instead of taking the betrayal into his own hands and you know sinning against his brother he he relied on god to to you know make make him pay and he didn't take any actions into his own hands my name is emily i am a junior at william jessup and i'm studying youth ministry and music going off of what harry said from verses 12 through 14 he talked about betrayal and What really stood out to me in our class altogether is that this is something that a lot of college students really wrestle with and not just college students, but high school students and younger and even up through your adult life that there's going to be people who betray you. And in verses six through eight, it talks about wanting to flee and fly away and just run and hide and avoid all of that pain. But we can't always do that. And in here, uh, David is, is casting his cares on God and something else that I read about when I was researching in the commentaries is that a lot of historians say that it is the betrayal that David is experiencing is similar to the betrayal between Judas and Jesus. And so a lot of us, when we go through life, we get really angry and hurt when we face a betrayal. And I don't think we should be surprised because we're going to suffer a lot of what Jesus suffered. And if Jesus had betrayal, we're probably going to have betrayal, but it all is in how we react to that and just cast our cares on God like the psalm did. So that's something that stood out to me while reading Psalm 55. My name is Ellie and I am a senior and I'm studying liberal studies in order to be a teacher. So when I read 
the chapter, one of the things that stood out to me, I mean, there was a ton, but I chose to focus on verse 22, which says, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. And I know we quote that verse a lot and it's really comforting and it's a great verse. And so one of the things that stood out to me is that it connects a lot with my favorite Bible verse, which is Philippians 4, 6 through 7. And so that says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So what stood out to me is that a lot of times we talk about these verses separately, but we can put them together that when we give our problems to God, then he will give us this peace. And so that seems like what David is saying is cast him to God and then he will sustain you and he won't let the righteous be shaken. My name is Ariana and I am a junior studying public policy. And what I found very interesting in this psalm is how the psalmist is talking about the contrast between God and his friend. He talks about his friend being someone who they was in close fellowship with him and they were uh, going to the temple together and then he was betrayed. So this, uh, this friend used to be someone he could rely on to have fellowship with, but now he has strayed from that path, but God is still there and is still righteous. His friend is, has now betrayed him, but God is still reliable. His friend has um, changed his mind about who he is going to support, but he says God is unchanging. And it's just this constant contrast of characteristics saying, you know, I had this friend I thought I could trust and they left, but my God never leaves and he never changes. And I think that's really important and something we can all relate to because many times when we're comfortable in a situation, when we are maybe getting close to someone that we believe we can trust and then we find out we're wrong, it is very easy to suddenly feel like, you know, we're, we're trying to reach for solid ground again and we're not sure who we can trust. But no matter how the circumstances of our life change, we always know that God is a solid foundation that we can rely on. Well, I thought now, Libby, you could just assign grades for this project as A's. we go in. A's all around. <laughs> oh, They're A's amazing. Around. Okay. We won't go person by person then. Maybe I can just jump in here with one thing that I appreciate about what we've already heard is just these students clearly have a deep sense of the ways that the Psalms speak to our own lives, to our own lives, not lives lives. And just in the movement, you could hear already in these early reflections on what stood out in the psalm, this desire to listen to the ways that the psalmist speaks, not just thousands of years ago, but to today. And I just really appreciate that. I thought that was helpful. Absolutely. They definitely clung to those themes of betrayal and that, you know, wanting to escape. But even seeing how these themes are connected and echoing throughout all scripture, like seeing how some of these verses are picked up in the New Testament yeah. and how the themes are picked up into the life of Jesus and then also connecting to those as well. I was really impressed with those insights. Well, as we turn to our second question, what do we learn about God from this psalm? What What's maybe something we can listen for? Well, 
I think especially in a lament psalm, the character of God is pivotal for why the psalmist is putting their trust in God. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to be curious to hear about what attributes, what characteristics of God are highlighted in this psalm that's giving the psalmist the confidence to put his trust in him, no matter, you know, how horrible the betrayal is and the pursuit of the wicked. So that's what I'll be curious to listen for. Well, let's move on to our second question. What do we learn about God from this psalm? My name's Ethan. I'm a student at William Jessup. I'm currently a senior and I'll be graduating this December before going off into seminary. One of the crucial themes that we see throughout the psalm is the Lord's sovereignty. We see the Lord's sovereignty most clearly in that the Lord is the one who judges. The Lord is the one who sentences. We see that David is not only battling against his close friend, but his close friend is no longer a believer, an apostate. But it is not David's sentence that is sentencing this man down to Sheol. It is only the Lord that can do that. And we see this clearly that it is the Lord's ultimate power to judge, not David's. And for me, it echoes to one of my favorite verses, Romans 12, verse 19. Do not avenge yourselves, instead leave room for God's wrath. And it just echoes that same feeling, that same thought, the same motif that it is not up to humans to decide the fate of another. It is not up to man to carry out their cursing on one another, but it is ultimately the Lord's sovereignty which does that, especially in times of heartache when it feels most hurtful. And even though we wish we could, it is not up to us. It is not our power. My name is Jeremy Palacio. I'm a senior finishing my last year at William Jessup, and I'll be graduating in December. In verse 23, I see that God is the judgment. He is the judge. He is the ultimate judge. And yes, we see that he actually does judge the wicked. And John Calvin says, The psalm suggests that this judgment of the wicked must be waited for in the exercise of faith and patience. And that's so important that we do wait with patience and in faith. My name is Conrad. I am a senior youth ministry major. And as we were reading this psalm, something that stuck out about God's character is that he is always worth crying out to, always worth uh, listening to. In verse 1 and 2, the psalmist uh, declares that he is crying out to the Lord, um, asking him to hear. And in verse 16 and 17, we see him uh, resound saying, yeah, the Lord is answering me. He is saving me. Um, and also that little echo to that he we can cry out to him night and morning and noon that that's how the Hebrews saw the day that they were that they were the first thing they were doing was eating a meal and going to sleep and and no matter uh, what time of day God is listening and he has ears to hear our troubles even though he is so sovereign and so in control so to to him our problems are so small but yet he cares so much It's quite the thing to sit here and listen to students who are a little bit younger than me, not that much younger than me, I like to think, but a little bit. And just even from what we've heard so far, the attention to the Psalms, I think, is standing out to me is one thing. 
And even a couple kind of made this observation of the role of God. And one of the things that this psalm is pushing on us is that vengeance is not ours. For 18 to 22-year-olds to already be making those observations, I still struggle with vengeance. So (laughs) to even be able to articulate that, I think is pretty impressive and encouraging too to me. That was one thing that I just appreciated as we heard about what we learned about God from this psalm. How about you, Libby? Yeah, another thing that stood out is uh, God's sovereignty seemed to really resonate with a lot of the students, that God is trustworthy and the psalmists can put their trust in God to answer and listen to and respond to their prayers because he's so sovereign. He is absolutely in control. Uh, Judgment of the wicked is sure, if not now, eventually, and the psalmist can therefore trust God. That's great news. Well, we're going to move to, I don't know that I've ever said this on the podcast, but this is maybe my favorite question. How does this psalm help us to pray? Because the answers I've gotten are the most diverse to this question in some ways. But what should we be listening to as we hear some students' response to this last question? Yeah, so I'll be curious to see what students, how they feel moved to pray in terms of if they resonate with some of the psalmist's feelings or some of the psalmist's fears, if they'll be encouraged, and if so, in what way and how this could be a model for their own lament prayers. Beautiful. Well, here's some responses to how does this psalm help us to pray? My name is Blair Maynard, and I am a senior here at William Jessup University pursuing a degree in kinesiology. One big thing that really stuck out to me when it comes to how can we look at the psalms and ask for us how to pray is we sometimes feel as if God is ignoring our prayers, but oftentimes it is because God is not answering our prayers as quickly as we are hoping for. Even though we catch a glimpse of what David is feeling physically, mentally the doubt that David is feeling might be something that we haven't really really looked at before. Not only is this something that we haven't looked at before, but rather it is something that we can relate to a lot of times. Oftentimes we feel as if God is not answering our prayers, and that there are other areas in the Bible that even talk about how God does answer our prayers. For instance, John 16.24. However, even in times where we, f- we might feel doubtful that God is not answering our prayers, God's answer may not be the answer that we are hoping for. That could be no or even the dreaded wait. One thing that the psalm helps us realize is that even though when we are doubtful, God is still going to answer our prayers. He is fully listening and we can come to God no matter what or even where we are and what is going on in our lives. No matter what emotion we are in, whether that be high or low, Jesus and God is someone that we can rely on no matter what. Uh, Prayer is a time in which we can see God really is in control. And prayer is a way in which we can ask God to help us understand and accept what he brings to our lives. My name is Kylie. I am a senior studying biology here at William Jessup. For how I think the Psalms teach us how to pray is to pray with confidence. David in verse 22 is really trusting that God will answer his prayers and he knows that God will, even though it may not be in the right way he wants it, God will answer his prayers. And I feel like we should have the confidence in God that he will answer our prayers, though it may not be the request that He we want or requested, he will answer them in his way and in his timing. My name is Stephanie. I am a senior here and I'm studying biology. I am focusing on verses 8 through 10 where it's talking about how he's like 
worry for the city and oftentimes we think about a city, a place with walls as a safe haven because there's a lot of people and there's like walls to keep you safe. But sometimes we can find like more chaos, like there's chaos and confusion there. And sometimes we need to like get out and go into the middle of nowhere and that is where we find God, away from all the confusion and chaos in our lives and just like meditate where there is nothing and get away from it all. So it seemed like students really resonated with how God is listening to their prayers, that we can come to God in prayer with fear, we can come to God feeling low, we can come to God with doubts, Mm. and yet there's something transformative about these psalms that really shape us, um, that encourage us to have confidence that God will hear us, he'll answer our prayers, not always in the timing that we want, not always (laughs) in the way that we want. up a couple times, yeah. Right, yeah, because I think we've all felt that, right? So I, I just... I think their confidence in prayer was strengthened through reading the psalm, and hopefully we'll see that in their prayer lives. Yeah, the universality, I think, of what they said, it strikes me that I'm sure you, dear listener, listening to this podcast, just resonated so much with all of what they were saying, both from doubts to kind of the confidence or a desire maybe for a confidence when we pray, to sometimes needing to kind of get away and retreat (laughs) in order to meet with God. I, I think one of the gifts of these conversations, Libby, and one of the gifts of you inviting me into the space to hear and record with students is it reminds us that not only are the Psalms universal, but our experience of faith, we share so much in common in our journey. We share so many common doubts. We share so many common struggles. We share so many common desires when it comes to our relationship with God. Uh, And sometimes I think there can be something isolating about, or we can feel isolated, maybe particularly in the last couple of years. But my hope, one of my hopes is that the Psalms can be something that helps us unite, come together as we remember that we're praying with people who have prayed these words, with people who've had these doubts and had these desires for literally thousands of years, people have come to God. So I was just encouraged. This felt like a snapshot of that to me. So thanks for inviting us. Thanks for the idea. Thanks for letting me crash another podcast. Yeah, you get like a producer credit on that. I don't know what that means. I guess I guess that means you start making money, but there is no money to be made. (laughs) So uh, the podcast is free. So but no, I'm really appreciative. So thanks, Libby. And thanks, class. Thank you. Go out and pray the songs.